This is episode 139 of The Real Build. I am your host, Bill Ryman, your broker builder. And in today's episode, I have another amazing guest for you, a friend of mine, a fellow Arte Syndicate member, Barry Van Patten. He is a luxury real estate professional. He's with Van Patten Luxury Group out of Scottsdale, Arizona. And we talk a lot of real estate today. So if you want to hear about real estate, this episode is for you. We hit on a bunch of different topics and I've had so many great real estate professionals on in the past. I learned something new each and every time. But Barry and I really dug into the luxury market where we think our personal markets are heading. Him being in Arizona, me being in Florida, we have very similar high demand sought after markets. What do we think is going to happen here in the next upcoming months? Interest rates going up, things are starting to change. Where are we going to go? We also talk about the power of helping people, how Barry really loves to help people. He was a former coach and now he's turned luxury agent, how he uses his focus on helping people, putting clients first, no matter what, into building his company, his brand, and becoming one of the best luxury real estate agents in his area. So many great topics, guys. I cannot wait for you to hear this. I always ask one thing. Obviously, I don't advertise on this show, but please, if you take the time, you get value out of this, please share it, like it, uh, subscribe, Do all the things you need to do that I say. I'm like a broken record each and every episode. Also comment on it. Five-star reviews. If you get value out of this, please, please, please share because it goes a long way. But you all know the routine. Please do that. And please also enjoy this week's episode. Welcome to The Real Build, the show that shows you exactly what you need to look for in construction and real estate. I'm your host, Bill Ryman, your broker builder, and each week I will teach you exactly what you need to look for, whether you are buying, building, or selling a house. I interview top people throughout real estate and construction, give you a better perspective prior to making one of the biggest investments of your life. I will also discuss my personal experiences as a luxury builder and real estate broker and answer your questions about the process. With that being said, welcome to The Real Build. Barry Van Patten, welcome to The Real Build. How are you doing today? Bill, Bill, thanks, brother. I'm doing great, man. How are you doing? Good, good. I've been you and I have been talking about get you, getting you on the show. Uh, we talk real estate back and forth with each other quite a bit. Being in the areas that we are in, they're very popular areas and have been for the last couple of years, obviously because of COVID and everybody moving. And you're in Arizona, me being in Florida, very popular retirement areas as well. So. Uh, Going to dive into some real estate talk today with you. I'm excited to have you on. But before we get into it, I always like to ask, who is Barry Van Patten? Yeah, thanks, man. Yeah, it's been it's good. It's good to always talk with you over over the Instagram or text or whatever. And definitely, it's been fun these last couple of years just to you know everybody move flock into Florida or flock into Arizona, and uh, so it's good to do this. Uh, who is Barry Van Patten? Well. Um, so first, I mean, I, just like you, man, I'm a child of God and, you know, I'm, I'm a humble guy. I was born and raised here in Scottsdale. And um, uh, so 46 years here, pretty much here. I, I tried to escape for a little bit, but, um, 
you know, boys here, grandparents were here. Um, so my grandparents were both World War II guys. One was a tank battalion commander, uh, kind of came through Poland. The other one was, uh, was in the Navy. And he, he actually, you know, kind of lucked out because he was in Port Harbor and ended up leaving. But, um, you know, great parents growing up, uh, great childhood, you know, here. Uh, sports guy, love sports. I mean, it's what I did every day after school. I just came home, it was wiffle ball, it was football. It was, I mean, I just, I just love being active. And, uh, yeah, so, so, you know, life was great. Both, you know, both lived here. One of my grandparents had a summer home up in Wisconsin. And, um, you know, like my life was perfect and great. And then all of a sudden, one day when I was 13, my, my, uh, my mom wanted to get a divorce from my dad. And so it was like, bam. So I just bring that up. Who was Barry Van Patten? Well, that, that shaped me big time at 13. Right. I mean, if I went from knowing, you know, thinking I knew what love was and what life was all about. And to me, life was awesome. I mean, it was perfect. And all of a sudden, bam, like I love parents. Uh, so, um, so anyway, so obviously, you know, for a few years, just kind of went through some, you know, downs and ups and trying to figure that all out. And, uh, you know, took a little, took a little bit, but out of it, you know, it, it came, you know, a lot of my, I think my big heart kind of came out of that. Right. Like, so I ended up, um, kind of fast forwarding through college. I ended up coaching soccer. So I was a baseball soccer guy, but I threw my shoulder out. So it kind of forced me down the soccer path, played in college a bit. And in that, in that I ended up coaching one of the assistant coaches on my college team. Um, he, you know, we just talked shop all the time and, you know, um, the guy that was the coach at that time at the college was, he wasn't, he wasn't the best of the kids. And so I just kind of thought, man, I could do this. A lot of these kids needed a lot more than what they were maybe getting and coach can have a big impact. Right. And so the assistant coach and I really gelled. And so he asked me to be his assistant long story short, um, ended up being coming the head coach at a uh, community college here, both men and women. Hmm. And then running and starting and running some youth clubs. So at the same time, I was like 25 and I was, you know, running six assistant coaches and two programs and 50 kids at the college. And then on the club side, I created a club and I had a board of directors and, you know, I had all these, these kids and parents that, you know, really believed in what we're doing. I started an all girls club, soccer club. So it was the first thing out here in Scottsdale and, you know, some of our teams were the best in state and all this stuff. And so, I just bring that in because, you know, I, I think out of that divorce situation came, you know, really questioning what's life all about. And, you know, at the end of the day, it's about other people and helping other people and loving other people. And somehow or another, my parents got it wrong. Right. But I'm glad that they did. Uh, at the end of the day, I'm glad that they did because it helped make me better and um, made me a better dad now. Right. But so now dad, two kids, you know, love my life will be 20 years, wife, wife 20 years in june june 1st and uh yeah man so um so that's that's the gist of it i just you know i love other people i love pouring into other people and help people and it's part of the reason why i'm in arte with you and uh so um that's where i that's where i'm now real estate and enjoy doing the same helping people just in a different different way i can relate with you in so many aspects and i think that's why you and i have kept in touch and and with Instagram and text and messaging each other and so on too. Cause I relate to you quite a bit and I would touching on like the divorce factor too. And I was actually talking to my fiance about this this morning on a walk. It's just crazy how 
things happen in life and they just shape you into or and pull you into that direction where you're supposed to be in certain in certain aspects too. And I was saying, you know, with like me being a Christian and man of God too, and and how God kind of led me to the path with her and and where I am today, because if I would have not have went through the last relationship I was in and I personally got a divorce and went through that and, and made that decision too. I don't regret anything that I went through. And I was telling her that too. I was like, yeah, it sucked. You know, and things in life suck sometimes, but it's God's way of kind of pulling you into that right way, that right path where you're supposed to be. And that's with her. And I real, you know, that's the thing. Cause Without her, I wouldn't even be where I am today as far as business and all that. And and it's she's molded me and changed me in a lot of different ways. I would I probably wouldn't be sitting here talking to you on this podcast either. It's just crazy how things work. So, you know, going at 13 at such a young age, you it's hard. I'm sure it was very, very hard, obviously, for you to even realize what was truly going on. But over the years, it's kind of molded you into who you are and made you have a lot of more respect for your wife because you saw that you went through it. And obviously 20 years later, you guys are happily married. Congrats on that too. And, you know, it's just like with sports too. Like you had, you had an injury in college. I had an injury in college. Uh, I played college football and I kind of ended my career with a shoulder injury and um, many other injuries I'm feeling today. Let's put it that way. Thanks to 12 years of the sport, but I won't get too detailed into that, but it, 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 it led me to a different path and and it's taken, it took me down a different road that if I stuck to it, I probably would have never become who I am in this moment today. So uh, I commend you on all the things that you did too. Let's, let's go into your kind of background. Obviously you're doing luxury real estate. You're, you're killing it. You're doing amazing things in, in the space too. Uh, why real estate? I, you know, I, I, is it, I see it was kind of a family business too. Um, what should, why'd you choose to go into that direction? Yeah. So being, uh, being here in you know, Scottsdale Phoenix area. Um, so I mentioned my group, both my grandparents lived here. So when I was a kid, uh, we would, uh, so I was born in Scottsdale. My, my grandparents were both in Arcadia. So we would drive, you know, from Scottsdale through Paradise Valley into Arcadia, which is, they're all super, you know, super great areas, like beautiful Paradise Valley. If you look, and, you know, I don't know what you know or your listeners know about Paradise Valley, but you look it up and look at some of the homes, just beautiful. And it sits between, you know, three different mountain ranges. And so there was just like this, you know, every Christmas, Christmas Eve, I drive back home. There was just like this, um, majesty about just the the beauty of it and the homes and the lights up on the mountain and you know my my grandparents one of my grandparents lived up uh on the south side of Camelback Mountain and uh and they also owned a property up in northern Wisconsin on a lake so I think that some of it came from and then the other the others had a super awesome you know a little bit more modest of a house but like nonetheless like all the properties it was a place for you know that family time and friends and um and and there's just you know like that's just me man I, I just love I love my family I love people and I love what a house can provide like different um you know different rooms can provide a, a certain 
um, you know, a certain feel for that certain moment or, you know, the party or whatever. And so there was some of that. And the other part of it too, is just seeing the city grow. I mean, it's been a huge expansion on all sides. And so, uh, you know, when I was a coach, uh, it was kind of, I was, I was pretty good at it. I mean, I, you know, to this day, I think I still have the coaching record at that college. And, uh, you know, a lot of my teams in the club were, and I, you know, I'm, I'm a humble guy, but at the same time, like I was good at it. Right. right? Like, and I ate, I, I breathed it. I mean, I'd be in the showers thinking about like, how can I help this player get better at that? And how, what does this team need? And, you know, how do we win this game? And, you know, how do I need to develop that kid it was constant. And so kind of going back uh, 2002, right about when I started coaching a little bit more full-time I, I I thought you know maybe I want to get in real estate and so I went to my father who at the time was in the fitness business for like 35 years um and I said well I think we should get in real estate I think real estate is gonna is gonna like blow up and he's like he looked at me he's like what are you talking about son I've been in the fitness business for 30 years real estate and so anyways it was actually my brother and I went to him and so that kind of that thought that idea fizzled. I was, I actually ended up getting into the mortgage business, which is another story, but, um, it was a crazy day at the time. Like, you know, the stated and the liar loans, I only lasted like nine months. Cause I could, I just, I could tell there was something wrong with that industry before it ended up blowing up. So I, I would just ended up full-time coaching and, and I loved it. And so I thought about going that route, you know, college coach, or, you know, maybe like I have a couple of buddies that coach in MLS and, you know, maybe I'd you know, usually what those guys do is that all their buddies end up going with them. So I thought about that or college, but I was like, I don't really want to, you know, ship my kids all around the country with me. I wanted them to know the grandparents. And so my wife and I are like, well, what do I want to do? And so I actually tried corporate America. I'm like, this isn't for me. And um, so anyways, long story short, I said, I, don't, I think I want to get, I think I should probably go back and do that real estate thing I wanted to do back in 2002. And so at this time, my father actually, even though they said, I, what are you talking about? You know, four years later in 2006, he ended up getting into real estate. And because of his business acumen, even though he's in his late fifties, like right away, he ended up partnering with one of the top um, guys out here and top guy in Arizona, actually luxury guy, wall street journal, like top, whatever he was at the time. I don't remember, but that was great for him because he got to learn really quick. It was great for the other guy because he got my dad's business acumen and, you know, his all the good traits he has. And then for me, I got to see him do well in a, in a down market. And, um, you know, so I go spend time with them and, you know, there's a lot of things that I like about what he does. My, um, so, yeah, so, so 2012, you know, now I've got a three-year-old and a one-year-old and the coaching thing, I've just burned out. I'm done. I, you know, it's not what I want for my family. And so, so that's why, you know, I, uh, a couple other reasons, you know, but that's really why, how I got into the real estate space. So. Yeah. And one thing you've said is, and you've said it multiple times now is kind of your love for people. And, and let's, let's face it, a lot of people get into real estate because the first thing they think of is the money that they're going to make and so on. And I've said this to past guests on the show and everybody I've had on this show in the space is actually passionate about the space itself. Real estate's not easy. And a lot of people get into it thinking it is an easy paycheck. And especially, I mean, in the recent market we had, yeah, it probably was a little bit easier, especially if you knew somebody looking for a house, which was most people, um, you know, and, and, and it, it, 
there's a lot to it though. And the way I try and promote myself on the real estate, uh, as a real estate professional is obviously I have my building background, but I, I, I do enjoy helping people in general too. Yes, the money is good, but I enjoy helping people. And how I can do that is with my building background. I know what goes into a house prior to building. I know what a house should look like when it's constructed. And I know how to deal with the issues after it's constructed as well. So that's how I sell myself um, as a real estate broker. And and I'm very passionate about the industry in general and it all kind of molten meshes together. And that's where, you know, obviously with you and you being in it, you got into it, I mean, right before the crash too. So uh, in 2006. But my fa- yeah, so my father did. I, I didn't get in until 2013. But, okay, uh, so you were kind of on the up. So that's around when I got in. I think I was 2012, 2013. And that's kind of when things started coming back little by little. And, um, you know, the situations were different, not as many big homes who uh, were in on the building and we were building some smaller stuff. And then now we're kind of back into the luxury end, uh, like yourself, but, um, just so the audience knows too, on average, what do you, what, how much volume are you guys doing a year? Uh, how many listings are you doing a year? Just so the audience knows. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, so interestingly enough, I didn't start with my father. And so he, we kind of went two different paths and I think that Mm -hmm. he wanted me to learn it on my own and, uh, you know, figure it all out. So I been on my own, I had another partner, but, uh, about a, about a year, year, year and a half, year and three months ago, we ended up partnering up. And so 2021, we did 65 million, um, uh, this year we've done five, we have 10 in escrow and we've got five listed one, one lot listing, four listings, three of which are under contract. So, wow. So you're doing pretty good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we, you know, we, we do good business and you know, it, it's, you know, it's a combination of, uh, my dad's been in for a long time and, you know, eight years is good, but you know, being a native helps and, you know, really, man, it just goes back to just trying to treat people, right? Like caring about them. So. Yeah. And getting into that a little bit more too. Uh, and I always like to discuss this because like I said, there is a lot of realtors in the market right now. I'm sure in your market too, it's uh, I jokingly say everybody in Florida, when they move here, they get a real estate license. Uh, right. It's one of the first things they do. It, but there's just more to it. There's the business my business behind it and how you conduct your business and how you go about it too. So uh, let's let's talk about that a little bit. Uh, why you why go with uh, Barry and the Van Pattens as their realtor of choice? Why why have you earned you know as much business as you have? What are you what are the things that you are doing to kind of stand out? I think it goes back to just the golden rule bill, you know, like how do you want to be treated and then make sure that you, you do that or you do better than what you want to be treated. You know, you go above and beyond. And so, um, you know, I'll maybe, I'll, maybe I'll answer it in a story. So a month ago, I, uh, we had a vacation plan for we're out visiting my wife's parents <clears throat> close to you. And, and turns out there's, so we ended up making an offer on a house and the house ended up getting multiple listings or multiple, excuse me, multiple offers, right? Of course. So the uh, house is listed at like 950. It's uh, it's in Flagstaff actually. So it's a north of here. I'm not sure, not sure if you know where it is, but it's a 
Flagstaff is a mountain community, pine trees, whatever. Um, so this day, right. So I, so we were the first offer in, but I told the agent, right. You have to be detailed about what it is you're doing and you have to look forward to what are the potential issues, no matter what, like whatever the situation is. Right. So in this case, we knew that there'd probably be multiple offers and we knew that we needed to make an offer without giving the, with, I didn't want to give my clients money the way away, even though I assumed there'd be multiple offers. Right. At the same time, I didn't want somebody to come in and, and just take the listing right away with an offer that was way more than my client's offer. So, so I made the offer, I made it very simple and easy and, um, and quick, uh, it, but I also told the agent, I said, listen, I understand that you're probably going to get more offers. And if you do, I want you to know my clients really love the house. Right. So please make sure that you, you know, get back to me. And she said she would, she's like, no problem. I appreciate you guys coming in and being the first offer. And so I said, okay, so, you know, please make sure. Right. Cause there's, you know, there, there sometimes agents don't always listen to the things you're saying. So I think I repeated myself like three sometimes, times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, most of the time. <laughs> My coaching background has been good for other agents sometimes, but, um, but anyways, but like, uh, so anyways, of course they got more offers. Right. And so we need to do adjust our offer. And so she called me, I actually missed it. Uh, because my son ended up, he was in urgent care. So it turns out he was sick. We were in urgent care the day before. He, he got a little, at first worse, but then he, he got, he got, or sorry, first better, then he got worse, something with his ear. So we had to take him back to urgent care. Well, urgent care said, you need to take him to the hospital. And so we're like, oh, awesome. And so they said the reason why we called a doctor friend. The doctor friend's like, yeah, you probably need to go do that. So all the while, um, I had missed her call. I called her back while my wife's talking to the doctor. I'm walk pacing around the yard trying to figure out what's going on. She's like, Oh, I'm so glad you called me, Barry. We got this all this awesome offer. I mean, you know, it's you know, I said, Okay, cool. What's your response time? So she told me, I said, Okay, cool. We're gonna resubmit and offer it. But I said, Here are the terms we did. I feel like maybe we need to change it to this. And what do you think? And she kind of hesitantly told me what she thought. And it, which, you know, again, it's her fiduciary is to the seller. So it's on her, like she should be telling me, I don't understand. Sometimes agents will not tell you what an offer is from somebody else or something that might help their client. I'm glad she did because it ended up in no longer on helping her client. But um, anyways, long story. Okay, great. I'm going to have an offer. Over, I'm going to rewrite the whole offer. I'll get it over to you. Well, my wife's on the phone at the same time with the doctor. She says, we, we do need to go to the hospital. Okay, awesome. So we go to the hospital, we get checked in. Like I have my computer, I've got my phone. I made sure it was all charged. I have my charging cords, right? Rush to the hospital, emergency room. Had to do that whole thing. And, um, you know, a series of like mistakes with the nurse with getting him an IV and he's yelling and screaming. So he's 10. And I'm still needing to write this offer. So between nurse coming in, I'm typing up the offer. Nurse, you know, like, hey, son, I love you. It's going to be okay. You're going to be okay. It's going to make you tougher, all this stuff, right? Like, and then I'm boom, 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 doing the offer in the, in the ER room. And then all of a sudden they're like, yeah. So we think he's okay, but he doesn't have an ear infection. We need, we need to have a CT scan done. A CT scan. I'm like, oh my gosh. So get on the call, like, Hey, just so you know, offers almost done. I'll have it over. I'm going to get signature soon, blah, blah, blah. So long story. Right. But anyway, so now they're wheeling my son into the, get a CT scan. 
I'm on, you know, my wife, only one of us in there. So the wife goes in there, I'm out, I'm back on the phone. Okay. So here's the deal. This is what the offer is going to be. I just need to get the signatures. I think this will do it. You know, what do you think? She's like, well, yeah, it sounds pretty good. I think so. So, so then I called the agent, the, my, my people. And I said, Hey, I think we're going to be good. Like maybe just type me a quick, like, you know, anyway. So then long story short, like, right. Like I'm in the hospital while my son is, you know, screaming at the top of his lungs because she missed her vein or missed his vein, like with the IV. And then he's getting a CT scan. He's stressed about that and the wife and everything. But it's at the same time, right? Like, even though that's all happening in my life, these people, this is their dream house, man. Like, this is like, this is their second house in the dream house. They've, and it's on a golf course. I have to win for them. Like, there's no other choice, right? So I have to find a way to get that done for them. I can't just say, okay, I'll do it in four or five hours, which unfortunately in this industry, sometimes that happens. Mm-hmm. And so number one, I would say like, you know, I have to treat it like that's my, that's me buying that house. And what is it going to take to make that happen. In this case, my client said, that's our dream house. We want the house. Okay. Well, if that's the case, then this is what I need to do to make it happen. And then, you know, and then also just getting into the detail of if they want the house, what do I need to do to make it happen? So I don't know if that story helps, you know, but that's, you know, why us, I mean, I would say why, why us is because we, you know, number one, we truly care that we'll go to those links to make sure that we, do everything we can to win for our clients. Well, it's a difference maker. And that just proves to you because not a lot of people or that just proves about you that not a lot of people too are going to go out of their way. I mean, when their son's in the hospital and, and try and help a client get something done, you know, and, and I can relate to you in a lot of ways. I've had many days, especially being in the building world too, and dealing with real estate at the same time where I'm getting hit from all directions and it just, it, it doesn't stop too. And, you know, there's a warranty issue or there's this going on and this going on, but my main obligation is to help each and one, every one of those clients and step back at, at that time and say, you know what, I can do this and not have the anxiety and the stress take over and, and just freak out. Cause a lot of people would, and this business take, it does take a lot out of you, especially when you got a lot of different things going on at the same time, which I'm sure you do as well and inspections and other things and closings and, and obviously family life too. And so on, it it does take a lot out of you, but the guy that's in or girl that's able to kind of step back and worry about their client and make sure their client is taken care of. And in the end, and their client gets that dream home, like you did is going to win that's who's going to win in this business because there's thousands and thousands of agents out there, but there's only one Barry, there's only one bill, you know, and there's only one. And we, we have a different approach where you, we care. I mean, you can definitely tell not that all agents don't care. I mean, a lot of them do, but when you have the passion that you do, it's going to stand out and that's, what's going to make you win in this and in a busy market or in a slow market. Yeah, for sure. And I, and I, and I truly like, you know, you said earlier, people get into it to make a lot of money or, you know, whatever they think is going to happen. I mean, I, I truly, it's not about, I mean, I, I missed, I do miss coaching because I miss at a, at a higher level, right? Like I'm coaching, you know, 30 or 50 college athletes or kids. And then, you know, with, so like you're more often being able to impact 
those mm-hmm. people's lives. But when I, you know, we closed that deal in Flagstaff and that guy gave me, you know, he's like bear hugging me, right? And saying, man, you did it, you won. And that's just like that feeling is, that's why I do what I do. So uh, yeah, it's good. It's a, those are cool feelings. So It's the best feeling. I mean, I just had it. I sold a condo. It took me three times to sell this condo. I've never had to sell something three times. And, uh, you know, the guy and, and his wife at the end, they were both like, we are so grateful for you. They said it every time I sold it, but at the end, it was like at the third time, they're just like, Bill, all the stuff you did, uh, we're so grateful for you and you have our recommendation. And he kept trying to give me other business and so on too. Um, you know, the first time it fell through because they thought they could rent it at a, a shorter term and. Uh, so they backed out with an inspection item. And then the second time, uh, thought we had it secure and the condo next door was on the market on Zillow for sale by owner. And she said, they saw that and they bought that instead and backed out because they didn't do the deposit. So they were able to get out of it. Third time was the charm. Family came in, loved it. Uh, both couples, uh, hit it off too. And it, it just ended up being even better on the third time than, uh, than all the time. So right. long story short, you fight for your clients. You're going to do good in this business. That's what it's all about. And there's some realtors that over fight for their clients too. And then, you know, on my end, I got to be like, just chill a little bit. I'm going to take care of it. You don't need to be that nitpicky about stuff, but, uh, right. He, you know, it's all about taking care of them. So one thing I want to get into obviously is this market and it's obviously been crazy the last few years, especially in Florida and where you're at in Arizona too. Uh, where are we heading in your opinion? And this is just obviously for the listener opinion, Barry's opinion only. So don't, don't take it to heart here, but, uh, where do you think we're heading? I have my opinions on where I think we're heading. I see it on the building end and the real estate end, both sides. Where, where are you seeing things going? Yeah. I mean, like if only we had a crystal ball, like who would have thought? This <laughs> That's <laughs> usually my answer too. <laughs> well, out of 20, you know, April, 2020, when I, I mean, I had somebody almost want to cancel and now I'm like, listen, guys, are you in real estate for the short term? Or are you in real estate for the long term? You know, like, well, we're in the real estate for the long term. I said, well, then if it goes bad, then you're going to be fine. Yeah, I think they're happy that they listened to that, right? Mm-hmm. Advice. Now their house is probably darn near close to double what it was. Um, but, you know, I mean, I think in the short term, you know, human behavior is hard, right? Uh, people have all, I mean, they always ask. I, that's what they ask. Like, hey, yeah. how's real estate? But whether it was last year or like seven years ago, you know. So the, the question is like, well, what do you hear about how real estate is? And so, you know, and I say that because real estate all over the country is different. So what is it like in Scottsdale or Paradise Valley versus, you know, what is it, you know, like over, you know, in Florida or New York, it's completely different, right? So I can only really speak to what's happening out here. I'm sure that some of the macro stuff is similar when it comes to mortgage rates and human behavior around that. I think for people that need a loan um, in the short term, they're probably going to be maybe not wanting to do something, you know, like if they own a house and they've got something at 2.9% and they were thinking about moving, well, maybe now they won't because the purchasing power just went down. And now it's like, well, now we can only get into this house versus that house. I think some of that will in the short term happen. 
Um, you know, I've always said, even going back years, is like I think that the real estate market here in Scottsdale, Paradise Valley, is good. Uh, aside from like, I don't. If World War Three happens, of course, everything's off the table. And then also, if the stock market crashes, then that's that will. But the fundamentals of what's happening here in Scottsdale, Paradise Valley, are very good. Not only is there a ton of tech and uh, manufacturing and all kinds of different you know commercial projects still going up around the city. Um, you know, uh, we're, we're as it is right now, like 10 years behind on, on building what the need is. So, hmm. you know, now that said, right. Like if the stock market keeps dropping, I mean, that's going to affect a lot of people, which, you know, business owners and then business owners are going to have to lay off employees. And so that affects a lot of stuff, but, um, you know, if, if things kind of normalize, get back to normal, I, I think, what will happen is people will just get used to rates now being at five or six or whatever, which, you know, like I think back to 2001, 2002, when we bought our first house, 7% was a great rate at the time. Right. So it's perspective of where you're at and then things get normalized and then people just have to live their lives. So they're going to, they're going to buy and sell, but you know, luxury is a little bit different. Um, you know, then, you know, mid-level pricing or lower end pricing, I think luxury will continue to be, you know, pretty strong. It it might edge out a percentage of, you know, the people that, you know, maybe 10 to 15% of the people are like, yeah, maybe, maybe we'll just wait, see what happens in the next couple of years. But I think, you know, by and large, if people are wanting to, you know, say migrate and they're selling something in California, moving to Arizona, it doesn't really affect them. Um, you know, same thing if they're coming from New York and moving down to Florida, probably doesn't really affect them that that much. They're still probably able to buy something, you know, nicer than and bigger than what they had where they were. So um, I think, you know, it, it'll, my guess will probably slow a little bit and then just kind of come back to a more balanced market, which in reality will be good for everybody. It'll be good for mm-hmm. buyers, good for sellers. It'll be good for, well, it won't be as good for sellers, but it will be, you know, it will be, uh, it'll be good for, for the, for agents and, you know, all the, the industry all around that. Yeah. I, I 100% agree with you on that too. That's kind of my take on it is I think we're kind of going back to a more balanced uh, type market where things are going to sit on the market a little bit longer. Uh, they're not going to sell overnight like we were seeing. You're not going to have as many bidding wars, I don't think, anymore either. Prices are going to come down maybe a little bit. I don't think they're going to drastically drop like you you know, like the la- the last real estate crash. I don't think so. If people are kind of waiting on the sidelines for that to happen. I don't see it happening because there's not really a scenario for that to happen. Unless we go to war, World War Three, like you said, then yeah, things have changed because the whole entire world's yeah. going to change. Um, so, but if that doesn't happen, then I do see things. We're probably in, or if we're not already in a recession, we're heading there. Uh, we're at the beginning of it, I think, as well, and then other different aspects of the economy, and uh, uh, so that'll slow things as well. Um, you brought up interest rates at 7%. People forget they were at 24 and plus percent at one point. And, and uh, I think that's what my dad said at one time too. He was 24%. Uh, so um, yeah, it's, 
things change, things fluctuate. Uh, we all knew kind of that this market wasn't going to stay the way it was forever. Uh, I heard, even though I heard realtors telling people, this is just the new norm. Uh, you know, that, that realtor line right there. And I would just kind of smile at them and say, yeah, if you want to think that, but what goes up must come down at some point, stabilize a little bit, and then it'll eventually go, go back up. So, um, I agree with you a lot on that. So advice to real estate agents, obviously you've been in the business for a while now. If the market does go down, what do they do? What do you do? Uh, you talked about, you know, your dad during the last recession, he kind of just kept going, didn't really affect him as much. What did he do? Obviously having connections, contacts is important too, but how, what, for the newer agents out there in, you know, I got realtors that listen to this, obviously this is more customer based, but um, I'm curious too, how are you helping customers in that type of market as well? And, and what should a realtor do? Uh, well, from a realtor, I mean, I do think there'll probably be a little bit of an exodus out of the business, you know, if things slow down just because people aren't going to be able. And, you know, at the end of the day, you know, unfortunately, I think sometimes like the, the part, the part-time or the super part-time realtors aren't doing their clients justice, right. Because yeah. they just don't do enough business to know what's happening. And so I think that will be a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for everybody else, I think it will just be the normal, right. Like who wins? Well, it's the old 80, 20 rule. And so what are you doing to differentiate yourself and to, to win? And when I say win, I just mean stay in business or, you know, like, help people with what they're doing. And that's just, you know, making sure that you're talking to more people and helping more people with whatever it is. And, you know, we, we do that a lot just through living our lives. Um, so, you know, it's, it's my kids sports and I'm there and I can help people however I can, or just friends of the kids, or if it's, uh, you know, my Bible study guys, or, you know, just living my life, like, what do I want to do? And so for other agents, I would say, live your life, you know, like, if you want to join a triathlon club, do that. And then some of those people in the triathlon club are going to end up, you know, gelling with you or liking you. And so they, you know, when it comes time to buy or sell something, they're going to ask you if, if they, you know, assuming you've done enough business and, you know, what, um, yeah, so I, I think that, and then just more, more of it, which I, I think at the end of the day, Bill too, is a good thing. Like, in in those times, I don't think people should be retracting. They should get out there and do more, right? Because sitting at home and worrying about whether or not you're going to make any money doesn't help go live your life. And just that's, you know, be a good person. And, you know, out of that will come, come business. I think that's the one, a one big downfall. A lot of people have is, is they do sit back and kind of struggle with, what's to come you know they kind of just overthink it or they just uh it sticks with them they turn the news on obviously it's doom and gloom nonstop on the every news channel there is and it and it freaks people out but that stops them from producing i mean i'm guilty of it too i don't even i can't even turn on the news because my fiance yells at me when i do because she can see it changes my mindset too and it really messes with me and i get off my game i don't produce i don't i'm not doing the content i should be or or uh doing my edits or my podcast you know it just messes with you too and you start thinking it's like okay what's the point if the market's going to go down you know i'm going to do all this stuff and spend all these hours 
uh, how's it going to make a difference if nobody's buying houses? And I start thinking that too, and it's doom and gloom, but it's not true. When people are running and doing that, you should be going all in. We're, we're taught that in Arte and, uh, you know, the consistency is key. So when people are not doing it as much and you're still doing it, guess who they're going to see? Cause people are still on social media. They're still doing those, those things, uh, they, you know, that, that are they're still on social media watching content and, and absorbing yeah. content and so on too. It's, it's just, so if you're one of the only ones doing it, guess who's going to win when they are ready or, you know, if they do decide during the downturn to buy stuff, cause there's going to be buyers during the downturn too. Maybe sure. switch your market, your target market to investors because you know, they're all going to be circling just like yeah. sharks. Like right now they are. So yeah. You know, they're all sitting there like, is this market going to go down? You know, I'm ready to buy. So they all got cash ready from what they made in the last year over Bitcoin and all that. So it's... Yeah, yeah. Well, that's a good point, too, is just to, to also like create a plan. What do you think is going to happen? And then and maybe have a couple of, right? well, if this happens, then this might, you know, or, or just start doing it. Like that way you're prepared for either way. Yep. Yeah, it's... Uh, I think a lot of people struggle with preparing or kind of shifting, you know, shifting direction to, like I said, I'm going off personal experience, but I've learned, uh, you know, during these hard times, it is time to go all, I mean, we're not in hard times yet, but if it does come and it does happen, uh, make that shift, go all in, you know, don't give up too. And that's like with, even with new realtors, obviously that have been getting some business too and some traction, utilize it you know like you like you said you're you're still going out there you're still networking you're still talking to people meeting people getting in front of them that's the most important thing you can't just sit and sell real estate you know or or rely on your zillow leads and so on you gotta and i know realtors too that they just rely on zillow leads but what what's going to happen when those dry up you know what's what are you going to do you don't have any content you don't have anything else you're doing so where are you going to go that's the thing. It's like, you can't rely on one source. You got to do other things. Yeah, definitely. And, and, you know, and, and I mean, honestly, like if we do rely on one thing, it's, I mean, referrals are the best source of business you can get, right. Cause it's a happy person and, you know, you did well for them. And so, and that's the main source of where we get our business is if we don't, if we don't already know them, it's a referral from someone else, but, um, but I did hear, you know, one, one in a mastermind group, I had one guy was like, listen, I just, I just throw all kinds of lines and in and see what ends up working. And then the ones that don't work, I pull that line out and I put, put more bait on the line and the similar thing. I'm like, oh, that's pretty good. Right. But if you're all, if you're only on one, you know, then the chance of maybe not getting some of the fish is greater than if you have multiple lines in. So Agreed, hundred percent. Because it's just if you got to keep going, that's a thing. So, and and we shall see with the economy and everything where things go. Um, obviously, you're in a cash heavy market, so am I. Too. We'll see how it affects. You know, with the stock market the way it is, it's it's been kind of a bloodbath lately. So, uh, should things are getting interesting, so we <laughs> we shall see. Hopefully, uh, hopefully things end up for the best for everybody. Uh, pray for that, but, um, you gotta be ready if it's not. So 
uh, one thing I always, I always pull something off a website too. I saw this on your website, Van Patten luxury group strives to provide the most professional, informative, loyal, and dedicated personal service in the real estate industry. Explain this a little bit. Well, I mean, you know, I, I guess first and foremost, are you a pro or are you, a, are you part-time, right? Like when I was a coach, even though I didn't coach in major league soccer, or the premier league, I was a pro, I was a professional. People paid me to do what I was doing. So therefore I, I, I owed them a duty to be my best. Right. And a lot of times these were, like I said, they were, they were the, they were the top, uh, you know, athletes in the state or, you know, what, whatever. So in this, in the similar regard, like our job is to be professional first and foremost, well, what a pro, you know, like to be the best in any pro environment, right? Like you, you have to do that. Right. So well, what does that entail? Well, it entails making sure that people know what's happening in the market. Right. So you have to inform them of all the details in regards to, um, you know, if somebody's selling a house and they say, well, what do you think the, what do you think the value of the house is? Well, there's lots of, you could just say, well, here's the comps and it's this, right? Well, that's true, but you know, that house that's on the comp, you know, house number one, we'll call it, you know, face this direction. And it was a two story and not a one story. And, you know, and it didn't, you know, the finishes were dated or whatever. Right. So like the informative is not, is also just getting detailed in what you're informing them with. Right. And so, and also like, how long did it take to sell, sell this one versus that one? What are the other, what are the other uh, listings listed for? if you price it here, you might be just helping that person sell their house and, and really just making sure you dive in deep with them so that they, cause at the end of the day, we represent work for our clients. And so our job is to inform them so that they can tell us which way they want to move. Right. And that, and that's their call so that we can follow the direction. So, um, you know, loyal meaning just like, listen, my job is to my fiduciary to them. So, that's it. I don't owe it to anyone else. Right now. Can the way I talk to another agent, um, help keep the deal together hundred oh, percent. And you know, like, but you know, I still owe my loyalty to that, to that client. Right. And so sometimes agents don't put themselves, uh, just sometimes they may, maybe they put themselves first or, you know, uh, and that's not okay. Um, yeah, the de- dedicated personal service. I mean, you know, whatever it is, right? So it, obviously that means clients. So in our space, we'll do, I mean, you know, Bill, right? Like even especially because you're a builder, but we're not just negotiating contracts and driving around in nice cars. I mean, uh, oftentimes I'm like cleaning up dirty toilets or, you know, like picking up the dead hummingbird that, you know, flew into the window or or getting the dog poop off, you know, like there's so many things that we do, right? If our clients are out of town, which a lot of times they are, you know, it means going by and checking on their house and making sure that's okay. And, um, you know, or, you know, sometimes it's even like, Hey, you know, the, somebody closes on their house and then all of a sudden this other issue comes in, which the inspection didn't call out and nobody saw with their eyes or whatever. And sometimes it just means like, Hey, we're going to take care of that. Right. I mean, that's, that's like dedication to your client. And, and so it's going above and beyond just buying and selling someone a house. Like a relationship doesn't end right there. Yeah. I, I like, that's the thing too. Like you said, the one, the one 
biggest thing I got out of that is obviously putting the client first. And a lot of realtors do not do that. They kind of put themselves first. Uh, and that's a problem too, because, you know, obviously even with dealing with other realtors too, uh, you want that transaction as smooth as possible. Because if you, if it's a rocky transaction on, on the other side, you're dealing with your clients They're you're going to have to face them and, and, and you're going to have to give them the bad news of why it's rocky and so on too. So I, whenever I do a transaction, I try and have the best relationship I possibly can with the other agent. And I, I want to have a good working relationship with them no matter what. There's been some rocky ones uh, and I've had to keep the deal together uh, where, and I've also had to keep myself together to where I didn't, uh, you know, have a meltdown on them, explode on them. Let's put it that way. Cause there's some very aggravating ones that should not be in the business. Let's put it that way that don't have a clue, but our job obviously is to make, get the deal done, uh, is in, in the best, most timely manner for our client, like you said, and put them first too. And sometimes it does take doing those things, uh, that most agents don't do. Like you said, the dog poop and uh uh the hummingbirds and and cleaning a toilet or having to do or unclog a toilet i think i've had to do that before or or uh fix something for them um or get a handyman over there to do something or let somebody else in uh you know and kind of go out, out of your way to do it when you have something else going on you still just drop it and go over there too uh, and make sure everything is perfect for the time they, when they get into that house too, that's the separation factor right there is just doing those things going above and beyond. Like you said, it's so, so important. And a lot of the agents and especially the ones listening to the show, if you're not going above and beyond and doing the things, the extra things like Barry just said, uh, you're going to lose out to somebody that will hands down. For yeah, sure. or not, yeah, or you're not going to be in the business very long. Yeah, yeah, and and again, it just goes back to thinking about sometimes people. It's like the entitlement world, right? Nobody's entitled to anything. And if you just go back to, you know, what would I want from my agent? Then all your all your questions are answered right there. Yeah, exactly. One thing I wanted to ask you, obviously you're in the luxury world. How do you become a luxury agent? What are the things that you're doing to be a high, you know, a luxury agent too? Because yeah, I sell a lot of high end stuff. I've sold some, uh, you know, lower end stuff too, under a million. Uh, you're selling a lot of stuff over a million dollars. How do you get to that level? I mean, you're selling three, four, six million dollar stuff too. Uh, what's somebody do to get to that level? What are some of the extra things that you're doing? You mentioned a few just there. Let's go deeper into that. Yeah. Well, and we'll do it. We'll, we'll, you know, I mean, we help in anyone, right? So, you know, I mean, I've sold $130,000 condos, right. But uh, luxury is a different animal. Um, mm-hmm. You know, mainly just think about the clientele is different, right? So either, I mean, some of my our clients have bought and sold, dozens of homes or, you know, more. Um, and, you know, oftentimes they're very business savvy. So, you know, sometimes in, you know, the lower market, it's just as simple as like taking some mediocre pictures. You know, I I don't do this. Like if I get a, you know, mid-level home, I mean, they still get the best 
photographer we have and a video and the whole deal. Right. But sometimes agents like taking pictures on their cell phone and putting a lockbox on the house. Well, yeah, that doesn't really, it's not going to work in luxury. It's like a flip phone picture. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I mean, so it means you got, you just, number one, you have to be okay with understanding that there's a lot more time that goes into, to the, to the luxury space. And, that that's of course meaning with the buyer or the seller, but it also means with understanding those markets and, you know, like the different luxury age, uh, areas, right. So like Silverleaf versus Paradise Valley and, you know, one section of Paradise Valley versus, you know, Silverleaf or, or whatnot. Like there's just different things that go to each of them. And, you know, sometimes you can't answer those, like you have to have the information from, your client to tell you, well, which one might be a better fit for, for you, but you have to have an, a gen, general idea. But, you know, on top of that, like if somebody wants to get into luxury, um, you know, some people tell you that the brokerage doesn't matter. I think it absolutely does matter. And, and the reason it matters is not just because of the colors on the sign or the name, but it's the people that are in the brokerage that are doing business. And it's because it's like the old, you are who you hang around with, right? Like you're going to learn from being around people that are in that space, doing business, helping their clients. And so, you know, people say, well, it doesn't matter. You can be in any brokerage. Well, I mean, you can, like for you, it probably works because you guys are a builder and you've got a niche and people trust you. And so it can't help. Like there's some guy, you know, guys and girls that maybe have a niche in a certain area, but if you're getting into luxury, like, as a, excuse me, as a new agent, the only way you're going to learn is being around it, right? And and going on, you know, home tours and going to new developments and learn about what it is or meeting with, uh, you know, custom builders or just talking to agents. So I think that the big thing is like, you have to get in and cut your teeth in that space because you'll get chewed up really quick if, um you know, if, if you don't know what you're doing and the, the last thing you want to do, and this happened, I mean, this happens like just the other day, somebody sent me a, an off market listing in PV where they were trying to, they were trying, they were, they were going to sell the house for like, I, I can't remember. It was like a million and a half more than they bought it for like two weeks ago. And I'm like, how do you, what do you like? How can I justify it to my client? You have to give me something, man. Like he's like, Barry he goes, the listing agent totally missed the pricing on that house. Like they just totally messed up. And so, I mean, can you imagine missing the pricing yeah. and your client losing out on a 500 or a million? I mean, that's insane. Yeah. Yeah. And that person probably hasn't been in luxury very long. I didn't look them up, but you know, that was my guess. They probably haven't sold and that, and that's another problem, right? Like if an agent's used to selling a five hundred thousand dollar house, it's not that they can't solve or sell a four hundred or sorry a four million dollar house. They can, but you have to really make sure that you understand. You have to really make sure you crunch the numbers and that you take a lot of time. And and maybe that even means like calling other brokers and saying, hey you know, Bill, I haven't sold in Silverleaf before or, you know, wherever the area is. And, and so I'm kind of thinking in this price, like, what do you think about that? Would you bring your clients to that house for that price? And then they're going to say, well, no, it's overpriced. You're going to be like, yeah, I would, I mean, actually I'll buy the house, right? <laughs> because it's underpriced. So that's a, that's a, that's something I'd say to people as well. 
I agree with you. It's even on a buyer side to having somebody that knows the luxury market, uh, you know, and has been dealing with dealing in it and, and selling, you know, high end, like, uh, yeah, you probably saw the video. I sold that house that was a teardown for $3 million. Well, you know, every time I see the client and he, he jokes and he's like, yeah, obviously we overpaid for that one. And I, I'm just like, you didn't though, because if you do the actual math, by the time you put a new house on that lot, direct yeah. access, Southern exposure on that bay, you're going to get your money out of it. If not, or guarantee probably more, and especially in the market, the way it's been, yeah. uh, you know, and I was like, you already in a win winning situation. Yeah. You spent a high amount on a house that you tore down, but you're putting something new there and the demand for new with a view like you have is huge right now. Cause there's nothing else like it out there. So your premium you're going to get is it's going to be worth it. And who knows after two years when the house is done, where we'll be, but right now it, it was a good investment. So it goes back to, you know, just giving help, hire clients, hire you for your help. And I'm not that type of, broker that sells them anything and anything they send across my desk. You know, I have a guy I'm dealing with now. I've been working with him for, I want to say a year now. He told me the other day he should have bought when, when we first talked about it, but he didn't pull the trigger. This was actually, it's probably been two years, over two years now. And he was joking with me. He's like, yeah, should have, should have bought that first one. Huh? And I was like, yeah, yeah. Things are a little higher now. So uh, but he's sending me stuff still. And I tell him yay or nay all the time. They send me one near it's a lot of people don't know. Cause a lot of agents wouldn't tell them it's near a sewage plant on, mm -hmm. uh, on Marco. And it's a street, uh, it's called uh, Rose court. A lot of agents don't explain this to people, but I personally do. Cause I have a conscience that, you know, he sends me a house for 1.4 million. I go, you will never get your money out of that house. Uh, the reason they're selling now is because, you know, or sold this past season is because people were buying anything and everything and agents were putting them on it. I won't let you buy that because in a year from now, two years, if this market slows down, you will be stuck with that house and it will be worth a lot less. So do not do it. And if you want to buy there and you don't mind the old sewage plant right behind your house, wait, because those <laughs> houses are going to go way down in value and yeah. you'll be able to buy it for a lot cheaper. So he's like, oh, man, I appreciate you and your honesty and all that. Because a typical, you know, I don't want to keep saying typical because there's a lot of good agents out there. But uh, some agents would be just say, no, it's a great buy. You want to you want to buy, jump on that right away. I can't personally do that. And that's a difference maker, too. Having a conscience as an agent. Yeah, 100 percent, man. 100 percent. So. I want to wrap this up because uh, I know you're busy too. I want to get into some personal questions. One of the questions I always ask is, what about you personally? You have built an amazing company and brand that continues to grow each and every day. Uh, what lessons have you learned throughout your journey that we should all apply to our own business, or our own lives that can help us grow? Yeah, Um well, first, I mean, I think business-wise, I think the biggest thing is that, um, like, is that you always need to be learning, right? And this goes back to when I was a coach. You know, a lot of coaches were good coaches, but they never got any better. The reason they didn't get any better is never they never objectively thought, like, 
how can I be better? Right. Like what could I have done different? Um, you know, how can I get to the next level? Right. Like what is the, what is that person doing that I'm not doing? And so, but at the same time, I think that sometimes people are learning too much, right. They're not saying, well, I have everything inside of me to do something. And so there's a lot of people that just end up plateauing because they're always trying to every single day learn. So they're never doing, um, but you know, if, if you're constantly doing, and then also on, on, on the hook and, and saying, Hey, you need to keep learning. Like then that will continue to make you better, you know, for, for your people. Um, you know, I mean, with life, man, I mean, I just think that like that there's, when you look ahead and you say, well, you know, I'll be 75 or 80 or 90 when I die. Well, what do you want that to look like? Who do you want to be surrounded by? And, and try and make that a conscious thing. Like every day, you know, I mean, unfortunately especially now in the instagram world everybody wants to be you know to have a ferrari and you know whatever it is right like but that stuff's all going to come and go you know i mean at the end of the day like we love our you know people around us our parents and our family and our great friends and people that pour into our lives right like so what do you want that to look like and then every day work towards that you know that's what i try and do um you know it's, it's really one of the frustrating things being in the real estate space is just uh you know, the, all the me, 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 look at me. Um, you know, and, um, and like you said, there's a lot of great, there are a lot of great people in this, in this industry that do a lot of wonderful things for people. And I've met a lot of cool people. Um, but in general, you know, whether it's real estate or not, I just think that like having that, that goal of what you're, what you want your life to look like, like, how are you going to help other people? And I think, you know, most people, yeah, it's great to have a big check come in, but then that fades. Right. Mm-hmm. But what does it feel like when you, you know, you, you're at the football game with your son and you pushed your appointment back and he scores a touchdown and you're there for it. Right. Like that stuff's better. So I, I just think, you know, make sure that you really are intentional with what do you want your life to look like? Um, yeah, man, I mean, I think those are probably two, two of the big things for me. I like that because I mean, what if it was taken away from you, uh, you know, and you you don't have real estate and the money coming in? Are you going to be happy? You know, or do you have that family, like you said? Do you have those moments and everything too? Because it's not just all about you know business and real estate. Can we can get very absorbed in it too? But having you know having that mindset like you have to where it's just it's not all about that you know it is about having a good family you know a good wife a good you know kids are good everything's good that's that's what's important so always get a good answer on that one (laughs) yeah i mean you know and if it's friends and you know and, and and of course like you know you have to you know people say well yeah Barry, but my you know my my role is to take care of them and 100 percent it is right. Like, so yeah, you, if you don't, if you, you don't have it all set up, right. Well, you're going to have to make sacrifices, but like be mindful of when you're going to make sacrifices to go and do it. Like don't have it be at the expense of your children. If you can go, if you can figure out another way to do whatever your business is. Right. Mm. And I, I mean, I've been, I, that's happened to me before and uh, you know, I try not to make that happen. So. Next question, uh, how I like to wrap up this show is most people talk about your past. Let's hear about your future. So where will we see Barry in the next 10, 15, 20 years from now? Who will you be? 
Yeah, I better have an answer after that. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'll, I'll be, I'll be more of me, right? Like, I think I'll be pouring into more people. I, I can, right? Like, I love helping people, but I also, I'm, I'm a pretty humble dude, so I'm not. Yeah, you know, some people love to help people, and they're, uh, they're just constantly, at, you know, at it, right? Like, so you can go about that different ways, but you know, I don't, you know, from a business standpoint. I'll be doing it probably maybe at a larger scale. Um, maybe I'll be helping agents help their people. You know, we have a small team, right. But like maybe the team will be probably, probably the team will be bigger. Um, you know, my kids, you know, we'll see what they want to do. Right. But if I would love to be with, in business with them, we just started a little business with them. And so I, I want them to kind of learn what that looks like. And so maybe it will be helping them. Right. What's the and business? Then, uh, well, it's just getting launched, but it's, uh, it has to do with my shirt here and your, your flag above your head. Um, it's called, so it's called constitution kids. I was actually going to tell you, I like that shirt. So, oh, thanks. Ben. <laughs> uh, yeah. So it's called constitution kids and, uh, it'll, it'll basically be them, you know, creating a little business and, um, you know, a little apparel slash like information business about the value awesome. of the constitution and patriotism and stuff like that. But, uh, but outside of that, I I'd also, you know, where will I be? I'll also be, you know, trying to pour more into like, you know, I lead some Bible studies and the growth I see and the guys that are in that now come at all different, you know, guys that are kind of new to their faith and guys that are more mature in their faith, but the growth and the bonding that happens from that is unbelievable. And I, I really love you know, helping guys in their faith and, you know, getting people to, uh, I shouldn't say getting people, people get themselves to where they want to go, but just being a, uh, like a, a conduit for people to grow. So, you know, both, I want to just, just, just do it at a bigger scale. And, you know, my kids are at the age now, 12 and 10, where they're, I was very mindful of when they were like, three to you know now making sure that i'm all around right that's what they wanted to be with daddy well now it's starting to get where like they they don't they want to be more with their friends right so it, it gives me a little bit more of an opportunity to be able to go do those things on a wednesday night or saturday morning or whatnot but yeah those are those are big things that say just bigger in business helping other people grow and uh you know as well in, in faith and then and also with my family just making sure i pour into them and so they can also be that that person to help make our make our communities better, man. Love it. Love it. And uh, last question, because I know you got to get going here. What exactly do people need to look for when buying or selling a home? And why should they choose Barry as their realtor of choice? Nice. Well, so buying location, location, location. Um, that's the big thing. I mean, people will get excited about a house and they don't care if it's on the street and then they want to sell like five years later and they can't sell their house, like in a bad market, in a, in a balanced market. So I still see it. And I'll tell people like, listen, if you want to buy that house, that's fine, but recognize this or this. Right. I, and, and then selling wise, you know, um, obviously it's been easy these last couple of years, but, uh, you know, in a, in a more balanced market, I, I think that people just need to, you know, most people do in luxury, not maybe not all the time, not all the time, but like, you know, are you keeping up, updated on your house? Are you, you know, is that leaky, you know, whatever fixed and, you know, did you fix the drywall thing? And is it, you know, like those, those all those things add up to people. So if you want to sell and you want to get to top dollar, 
those things need to all be taken care of. Um, and then I would say just competitively price your house. So in a balanced market, people overprice their house because everyone thinks their house is worth more than it actually is. Right. And ends up happening as it sets and then another house sells and they have to do a price drop. So what happens in a balanced market, if they do that is they end up selling it for less than they probably would have otherwise, because the more days on market you are, the less the value, the less the perceived value of that house is to the buyer. And it also, then the buyer has a little bit more negotiating room. So as the market turns, I'd say, make sure your agent has had success and, you know, credibility, and then listen to what competitively positioning your house is within the market. And uh, yeah, why should they choose us, man? I just, I mean, everything we just talked about and, um, (laughs) you know, I mean, you know, I'd say, we do care. Uh, I mean, we want to do it better for, for, for our clients and our friends and our referrals than um, the next person does. And we'll always be honest with people. I mean, what's the issue with that house? Well, that house, the issue is this, it's not no issues with that house. Like we're completely honest of hey, well, these bedrooms need to be remodeled. It's going to cost 500 grand or, you know, whatever the situation is like, we're honest and we want to, we are, we do want to win for our clients and, um, you know, we want to do it better than we do it for ourselves. So love it. Barry brother, this has been awesome having you on. I knew this would be a good show. It's always a good conversation with you, even in text messages and, and DMS too. We're always catching up. It was great to catch up with you too. And and virtually right now, one of these days we'll get together in person here. I've always wanted to come out to Arizona. I haven't been out there yet. So when I go out there, I'm going to come visit you for sure. But yeah, this has been awesome. I appreciate your time. Last thing, where can people find and connect with you? Uh, Instagram at Barry Van Patten and the number two, uh, or our website, Van Patten Lecture Group. Those are probably the two main. We've got, you know, Facebook and whatever, but those, those two are the, the main places. So awesome, brother. I really do appreciate your time today. This was awesome. Likewise, Bill. It's good talking with you, man. Appreciate yeah. you. Yeah, of course. And for all you that listen, you know the routine. Like, comment, share this. Five-star reviews only allowed. And I will see you guys on the next one.